since it was 35-34. What a night in Toronto. Welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast, a.k.a. Big Scarf Energy. Big Scarf. <laughs> BSE. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I am your co-host, Jay Rosales, and the <laughs> Raptors, if you cannot tell in our voices, yes, they just came off a gigantic comeback win over the Indiana Pacers. But before we dive into this game, let's uh, introduce the rest. Who else is joining with me today? What's up, Dre? Hey, everybody. Uh this is your boy Dre here. And in case you didn't know, uh, that's a rap podcast is a part of BS Nation, Big Scarf Nation. We're here. <laughs> We're killing very it. Good, very how good. are you guys doing? <laughs> oh man. It's funny how when one I, I get. I mean, honestly, let's be real. This game was kind of out of hand. Like, I believe the Indiana Pacers were up by twenty, and then Serge Ibaka never leave the house without that giant scarf. I tell you, like, holy crap, what a game! Okay, but anyways, this is this is Jason. This is a podcast for fans by fans, and this is that's a wrap. I'm glad to be back. We went on a little uh, hiatus in lieu of, of course, the legendary Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, rest rest in peace. We think about you every day. But let's talk about some Raptors basketball, man. My heart's still, my heart's still pumping, man. I mean, that was a great win. Let's break out some numbers. Let's let's talk about this game. I don't even know where to start. Like, uh, do we start at the end where where the Raptors put together this ridiculous comeback? I think the score was one eighteen one oh eight in yes. the last mm-hmm. two minutes. Uh, Indiana went ahead and turned the ball over four times in the last minute and a half. Big credit to, I mean, the second I saw Nick Nurse bust out that full court press, mm-hmm. I got excited, you know, like, the, you know, Indiana kept hitting their shots and it was like sucking the life out of the the building and, you know, the, the Pacers just kept the Raptors at arm's length, mm-hmm. always staying up by around about six or seven, never letting the, the Raptors get in within one possession. And then that full court press came out and... Hot damn! I I love when when the Raptors play with this kind of defensive energy. How much do you um, think uh, Nick Nurse had that in his pocket? He didn't want to show it until the last few minutes. Because let like we were down by a lot. We were down by at least twenty, and he could have used he it. He could have used it way uh, in maybe in the second or third quarter when things were getting out of hand. But like, I feel like this was an option that. It was he was waiting for a time where the momentum has swung finally in our favor. Throws in that yeah. full court press, and then it totally, totally makes the Indiana dysfunctional. Because I feel like throughout the whole game, every time that we either missed or scored, Indiana would come down and play their uh, half court offensive game. Throw in yeah. that uh, full court press, boom! Like it, they, they didn't know what to do, and it was incredible to watch. Well, it's almost as if Nick Nurse was banking on. Look, the Pacers, especially in that second quarter, destroyed us. We're having a relatively great game, but I wouldn't say that we stole the win from them because they were certainly sloppier. Like, in terms of turnovers, they had double the amount that we had. We doubled the amount of steals that they had. One area that they bested us in was blocks, but I believe that was early on. I feel like Nick Nurse was just waiting for them to out-slop each other. And give, give the Pacers some credit here. They... Do you guys remember that game last year uh, against the the Brooklyn Nets? They came into town and they hit twenty three pointers 
on the Raptors yes. and the Raptors still managed to pull out like a two point victory. This felt the same way. It was like, well, not really the same way. Like the, the Pacers were always hitting there. They were getting their wide open shots. And this is the way the Raptors play their defense. They, they clog the middle, make sure you don't score inside. This is why they lead the NBA in opponents field goal percentage uh, in two point range. Um, and they give up the threes and this is what happens. This is what you're risking. And a Pacers team that isn't really known for hitting threes started hitting threes yeah uh, doug mcdermott and which which holiday was just one of the holidays holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hit a combined 10 three-pointers so like it's uh oh man like an amazing shooting performance by them but uh kudos to this raps team for coming back yeah i mean doug, doug mcbuckets like he's known for being a raptor killer four for seven from three justin holiday was going crazy six for nine from three and and you're right like indiana doesn't really sh- um shoot so many threes but when you're watching their offense it's kind of methodical so you have Sabonis down low and you sometimes you have turner who can also shoot a three-pointer but you have let's say let Sabonis has the ball down low all of their guards and you're saying justin holiday or tj mccall um, they uh, and Victor Oladipo, of course, they move without the ball mm-hmm. so very well that Sabonis, all he has to do is look over the small defender and then pass it in to the open three point uh, shooter in the corner or pass it to whoever is cutting. Like their their half court sets uh, defensively and offensively is very very good. And yes, we did win this game. Um, fortunately for us, and we wouldn't be so jovial if we lost this game, of course. But I got a credit to this Indiana team. Like this is not the Chicago Bulls. Like this is this is not like a there. There's a reason why Indiana is fifth in the Eastern Conference. Like they are a very very good team, a very well coached team. Um, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, if we see, I, I've been tweeting this the whole day. If we see this, this Indiana team, in like say the second round, it's gonna be a dogfight. I mean, the refs were swallowing their whistles a lot but at the same time it was a very physical game and i don't feel like the raptors have seen this physicality a lot this season and indiana will it will scratch you hit you beat you up no matter what if you're going to the paint and and siakam was the one who was having a pretty hard game uh, a lot of pressure was on siakam he he did have 25 points and nine rebounds but those were like really hard earned uh, 25 points. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Indiana knew how to cover Siakam and just without the huge game by Ibaka and, and Lowry too. Lowry with almost a triple double 32, 10 and eight, like damn those two and those three uh, monsters. I mean, whew, one point win, man, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it wherever it is. Yeah. I kind of see a similarity between the Raptors and Indiana. They're both teams in the East where it, Indiana has been pretty solid this entire decade, I would argue. And like the Raptors have been undermined this entire time. So they're obviously very hungry. And now with mm-hmm. Oladipo back and kind of figuring it out all over again. But now, you know, he's not the sole face of the franchise anymore. Sabonis is now an all-star. Brogdon is here. Uh, they're definitely spreading out. Plus they have Jeremy Lamb, which is a frightening player if you're a Raptor for obvious dramatic reasons. And uh miles turner can't be can't be ignored either he's one of the primary defensive centers in the league so this is one hell of a team and we're going to be facing them soon i'm glad that we had this this fight because this as you brought up this could very well be what the playoffs look like because with oladipo back once they figure their stuff out i could foresee them getting into a higher position than fifth i honestly can and the east is really competitive and i'm saying that they're a good team i mean it's a good thing 
you you bring up Oladipo and 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 to that point that his performance actually helped the Raptors a little bit. Um, this was his fourth game back from that year long injury um, right. where he tore his quad and against um, the Raptors too. There's two. Right. Uh, yeah, th- this was the, his fourth game back in his fourth consecutive game where he just shot horribly. And this is how players of his caliber get back into game shape is just keep firing away. Mm-hmm. His last game, uh, I think his last two games, he shot a combined four of 22, which is Jesus. beyond horrendous. Uh, today, he played better but relatively speaking, he shot five of fourteen, which is still is not that great. He's a shooting um, guard, and, like <laughs> you know, exactly. And and the rest showed, you know, and he was not effective when he was on the floor. And I, again, it showed. But to to your point, Dre, is that you know, come April, he'll be back into game shape. So you know, the mm-hmm. the Raptors are kind of dodging a bit of a bullet here, even when, even if they do, even when they do face off each other in Indiana in two days, um, he still won't look like the Oladipo of old. So, um, you know, got, kind of got to keep your guard up. And, and one other point about this home and home series, um, you know, one stat that I came across and I was putting together the wrap up was that um, over the last four seasons, the Raptors have had, um, uh, this will be the fifth occasion now, but they've had four other um, scenarios where they've had a home and home. And in all four of those scenarios, the Raptors came away with a victory on the road. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows you um, the kind of resiliency that this team has and that, you know, they're, they're going to bring it when they, they go on the roads. So I would not sleep on the fact that, okay, the Pacers almost won this game, but I'm not sleeping on the fact that the Raptors could still pull this off on the road. I'd go so far as saying that they will pull out a win on Friday okay. because of how well they're, they, they, they play on the road and how they put themselves together. I think Nick Nurse will put together a better game plan. And yeah. I definitely believe the Pacers are not going to hit 19 threes again. Mm-hmm. I, that's true i agree to this i agree to this so much um let okay before we go into the big scarf energy all about surge and the record now broken for the toronto raptors with 12 straight wins in franchise history freaking hell yeah can i just crush over sabonis for a second because <laughs> okay S- sabonis is do you have a saboner <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say that I didn't know if it was if it was too much. Oh no, it's appropriate. Okay. It's appropriate. I just want to be to it. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna crush over Sabonis for a little bit. All right. So 2016 NBA draft, you guys know who we picked in the ninth. We picked Jakob Pertl, and two picks later went to uh, Orlando, and it was Sabonis or. Demonte Sabonis. So whenever I watch Sabonis play, not saying that you know Jacoperto, I, I like I like Jacoperto very very much. I liked him when he was in the Raptors, and of course he went into the package deal with Demar Derozan to get Kawhi Leonard. Blah 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 blah. Long story short, we're a champion. But Sabonis, I always feel like he should have been a Raptor when that draft was happening. Talk about triple doubles. He came away with this game with a huge line: 15, 10, and eleven, and there's something about how he plays. It's he can shoot, he can dribble, he has a wicked post-up game that doesn't really seem like he's very strong, but he just knows how to maneuver his body and his footwork. And just, like again, something about him 
I, I always feel like he should be a Raptor and it, and it kind of kills me a little bit, but it's nice to see that he himself as well as Pascal Siakam are going to be in the all-star game this year. And it's so good to see someone like Sabonis who let's be real. His game is kind of, um, or that that big man game is no longer in the NBA. I mean, we can talk all about the Houston Rockets playing small ball uh, for the their entire lineup now, right? Games like Sabonis, that doesn't happen anymore. So wh- whenever I play basketball, I always think about players in the NBA that I can kind of uh, mimic. And one of them is P.J. Tucker because he's humongous. And the second one is Sabonis. And it's just how he plays down low that it, he's not going to overpower you, but he's going to outsmart you. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad that he is being recognized along with Pascal. I know this is a Raptors podcast, but I can I I just want to have a chance to like tell everybody that someone like Sabonis isn't going to be that his game isn't going to be here for for very long. So I want you to I want everyone to kind of recognize that kind of post up game. But yeah, there there's my Sabonis. I just wanted to put it out there. All I have to say is, I mean, the guy's okay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, like, uh, I, I know you've said a lot. There's not much more I can say. Um, the guy's solid, and he's of a different era, uh, which the the league doesn't really see anymore, especially when it comes to, like, big defensive players. But he does have the mind as well, uh, which is something that a lot of older defensive players didn't necessarily have if they were used, like, a brick wall, for instance, like a Ron Artest. So, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, Meta World Peace. My apologies. So um, I don't have much to say about the guy. He's solid, but I know you have a lot to to say, Jay, because you've been championing this guy for over a year now since the start of our podcast. You've been wanting this guy to be an all star. So what say you? Well, you know, us lefties, we stick together and uh, he's I don't know. I've just been a fan of his game. And, you know, you guys kind of hit on the head in terms of why he is as solid as he is. So, yeah, I, I would uh, I have nothing else to add to what you guys have already mentioned. Uh, I will say that, you know, the the fact that they are this, they have they, they being the Pacers have been this successful um, with Sabonis, who really hasn't been known for his defensive um, mm-hmm. presence, more so his offensive, mm-hmm. um, is really, uh, I guess, a credit to Nate McMillan and, and the infrastructure he's been able to, to build alongside Miles Turner. I mean, there's been a lot of talk earlier in the season about how the two of them can't really mesh and one of them's got to go. Well, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday evening, which is essentially trade deadline Eve. And I haven't heard much trade buzz out of Indiana. So it sounds like they're going to stick with who they've got, which is a very, very solid team. Um, and um, they, they will promise to be a very difficult uh, opponent um, heading forward. Yeah, and the reason why a lot of this Indiana love, one, because they are kind of like that underdog uh, team that no one really talks about, and we know exactly what that feels like. And two, it's because we are going to face them again uh, this coming Friday. And by doing so, we just won our 12th consecutive uh, game in a row, which means that we're going to go for number 13. This is an incredible feat, guys. We've been in... um, in existence for if you will for 25 years and we've never the, the closest we've got is 11 games today we just surpassed that 
congratulations to our Toronto Raptors. What a time to be alive. Let's talk about that for a second, guys. That's 12. I can't even count that on my on my two hands. I got to start counting with my toes, man. 12 wins in a <laughs> row. Let's go for number 13 on, on Friday, man. How are we, are we going to do this? How are the Raptors going to clean up what they did uh, in the second and third quarter and play like we did in the first and fourth? What are we going to do? more points in the paint. I feel like that's something that we learned to do, especially in the fourth. Um, Allowing, well, as Jay said earlier, they're not going to be scoring that many threes this time. What we need to do is clean up our three action. Luckily, one of the things I complain about the most is our percentages with foul shots. We were relatively great this game, so that was not a problem. Stick with that because they're a very physical team. We're going to be going to the line a lot, mm-hmm. like we did this game, especially early on. So we got to keep that percentage. We have to hit the three ball better, but also get the points in the paint a lot more because that's that's what helped us get back into the game late in the game, I would argue. Plus, that surge ener- energy. That's it. Just give the ball to surge. Bring them scars, man. Bring all the scars as possible. I I like the fact that you you pointed out, you know, driving to the paint, get those easy buckets. But the thing is, Indiana is so physical that it right. puts a lot of pressure on the refs to either a do uh, don't call any any fouls or or b call uh, call fouls on each end. And the thing is, I feel like Toronto is is they are a physical bunch. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like Indiana is they they get to their spots very quickly they bunch up the the paint as much as possible and that's why siakam had such a hard time getting to the line but i agree if you in order to get those calls you have to put the pressure on the refs and that's what we did in the fourth quarter so yes i agree we have to get those easy buckets in order to to get those open threes terrence davis is is going off still keep uh you know get that bse energy going um and especially for these games where we definitely miss uh someone like norm who can create his own shots but yeah i i i guess i guess that's what we got to do we got to keep Pounding the paint, I guess. What about you, Jay? What do you think we can do for get that number thirteen? Well, just just one one bit of clarification. Uh, the Raptors outscored the Pacers fifty six thirty four points in the paint. So although the eye mm. test tells you it it was a bit closer, uh, it probably that surge at the end by the Raptors when they were full court exactly. pressing and the Pacers were trying to deny the three that Siakam was able to get a few layups in there. So it kind of skewed the numbers just a bit, but. You know, at the end of the day, I think the Raptors weren't that bad, actually. Uh, when you're plus 22 in the paint, that's actually a good thing. Um, also plus 24 in fast break points. So, you know, these are the the areas where the Raptors can exploit because the the, the paces are just simply the they don't generate a whole lot of, of turnovers. And um, when when the Raptors can take advantage of that, um, that's that's when their fast break can shine. Again, this is one of the i think the best if not the second best fast break offense in the nba so continue to do that and you know i can't help but bring up to the point again is that the raptors are you know we've, we've said it a couple of times raptors aren't gonna hit i mean the, the paces are not gonna hit that many threes just to add some um, numbers behind that they are dead last in the nba in three points attempt and second last in three pointers made so i will tell you this they are not going to hit that many threes again and, spe- so, and speaking about turnovers yeah. too, the the Indiana Pacers are third in the in the league with only twelve point seven uh, turnovers. They uh, committed eighteen today, so that's huge for us. 
um, we have to, you know, keep up that pace of, of having, or I guess put up that pressure on Indiana, get them to turn over the ball uh, uncharacteristically so we can get those transition buckets. Um, but yeah, uh, and any, any other pointers that we can give to Nick Nurse? <laughs> Uh, he did. He did a great job of limiting uh, Raptor killer Jeremy Lamb, but he forgot about mm-hmm. other Raptor killer McDermott. So you know, Ugh. you kind of give and take. Buckets. I know. Ugh. He limited that. Sorry, I should clarify. He limited one Raptor killer, but the other two Raptor killers, which are Doug McDermott and Malcolm Brogdon, went off. So yeah. uh, I imagine what my guess would be is that McDermott is not going to score nineteen again. Um, Maybe we'll see some sort of a breakout from Jeremy Lamb because the attention will be focused more on, on uh, the Pacers bench. But that that bench for the Pacers was just outstanding tonight. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, again, to your point, we definitely miss Norm. Um, but hopefully, we'll see another game where, not only is this Terrence Davis the best player off the bench, is that he continues to get more minutes than Patrick McCaw. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love the McCaw hate is still out there. Uh, <laughs> well, it might not be because uh, the trade deadline's tomorrow. So who knows? Maybe by this time he's gone. Ah, uh, yes. What a segue. So uh, <laughs> great point, Dre. Thank you for bringing it up. Perfectly timed. That is the kind of, my I wouldn't say it's the, the elephant in the room, but it is a big factor here. The Raptors are not, you know, in any big trade rumors. Um, currently, again, we're recording this on trade deadline eve um but we also know that masai ujiri and the raptors organization is very very good at keeping things very tight-lipped um but usually you'll hear some sort of a leak from the other teams that they've been talking to and we haven't even heard those so uh, i would venture to guess that the raptors stand pat um again a lot can change over the next you know 18-ish hours so definitely keep your your Woj and Shams and Mark Stein um, notifications ready. Uh, I do not plan on sleeping tonight. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what we we what to expect from this deadline. Just that I anticipate it'll be a fairly quiet one. Yeah. Yes, sir. Speaking of trade deadline, uh, you. When you're listening to this, um, you'll probably be listening to this either th- uh, Thursday or at least after the trade deadline or maybe before, right after. Um, Jay is going to be featured on Spread the Floor podcast. Our good friends at Dallas-Fort Worth Spread the Floor. Um, they are going to release a trade deadline episode, which Jay, would be, which Jay would be on. And so in that case, we're going to leave it all to him because he's the one who knows all about who's going where and who should be going where and and even, you know, clearing up some Masai smoke too. Can we talk about that for a second? Is Masai going to New York? I don't think so. If As long as Dolan is there, I don't think anyone is going to New York. What do you guys think? <laughs> Real quick before we end this episode. Well, basically, New York, instead of putting money into smart things, puts money into the media to brainwash their poor fan base into thinking that there's hope when there isn't because Dolan is a good-for-nothing that only recruits money and has zero care about the actual breadth of the organization. So as long as he's there, whatever you're hearing, whatever positivity, whether it's Kyrie and KD coming or Masai Ujiri coming for the 10th year, it's not. And if he does come, I'll eat my hat. Like, it's sad and it's pathetic, Dolan. You should sell your team, you greedy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to beat that out. Good. Get, okay, oh, for, I love that. Jay, before before I give your take, can I just say that um, if, if 
the Raptors are willing to even let Masai talk to Dolan, he is under contract. So any way whatsoever that Dolan is or has his quote unquote watchers watching over you, Jerry, um, that's going to be tampering. So Ujiri is not going to talk to Dolan and vice versa unless the Raptors are going to let them let that happen, which I don't think it's going to happen. So whatever news you're hearing, it's not happening unless the Raptors get, you know, RJ Barrett and first round picks for the next 20 years. Maybe. Sure. Why not? But I, I this is whatever news you're hearing about them talking to, to Masai. It's not happening. Jay, any more thoughts? And think, think, think of the source we heard it from too. It's from uh, Mark Stein, who writes for. Oh, wow! Look at that. It's the New York Times. <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking that news with a grain of salt. I usually am very, uh, you know, I trust Mark Stein as as a, as a beat writer. But again, writing for the New York Times, uh, I'm a little hesitant to believe that one. And um, yeah, I'm ready to to move on from this because yeah. you know this nothing's gonna happen out of this. Yeah, again, you're gonna hear a lot of it on on uh, this week's spread to floor, and this is all you're gonna hear from us about the Maasai news. There's a lot of talk and there's a lot of smoke and there's a lot of you know, uh, honestly, fake news about when it comes to New York and Maasai. If Maasai decides to go anywhere, it's gonna be on his own terms. It's not gonna be because. Dolan or New York Knicks have asked them to or even worse mm-hmm. Adam Silver is pressuring him to that is the worst fake news but regardless before we before we go guys again we're going to face the Indiana Pacers again on Friday and then we've got three more games left against the Nets Timberwolves and the Nets again before we go to the All-Star break so now the I'm going to bring up the All-Star because on the Sunday edition, we're going to talk a lot about the All-Star Weekend, the participants for the Slam Dunk Contest, three-point contest, and the skills chance is going to get a lot spicier. Uh, but yeah. before we do that, Dre, where can I find you, brother? You could find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You could also follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com, no spaces. The Oscars are also this Sunday. I'm, I've been working my butt off for months reviewing every Best Picture winner, ranking every Academy Award category of this year's nominees. Parasite, it's baby. It's finally here. Parasite. Yes. We, let's, let's hope for a Parasite win. You never know. Jay, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, find my work on Raptors HQ. Um, as Jason mentioned, I will be on uh, Thursday's uh, edition, trade deadline edition of uh, Spread the Floor podcast. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll probably, we'll definitely talk about that four-team trade with Houston and Minnesota. We'll mm-hmm. probably talk a little bit about Sacramento and Atlanta's trade, which is actually not really newsworthy. But anyways, catch us there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. Also, the uh, is it Miami and. Uh... Memphis, Miami and Memphis. Oh yes, yeah. oh yes, Miami, Memphis. That's gonna be. Thank you, uh, Miami. So far, we, so far, it, it the way it's it shaped out. I know we'll talk about it later, but like, uh, thank you for getting rid of Justice Winslow, and thank you for picking up a thirty-seven-year-old has been <laughs> in Iguodala. <laughs> More on that in a second. Yeah, seriously. All right. With that being said, uh, you can find all of us on That's a Rap Podcast or Pod on Twitter. You can email us at That's a Rap Podcast. We're going to be interacting with you guys on twitter for uh you know most yeah if not all raptors games um so yeah totally message us there uh tweet us 
message us, email us, whatever you got. Rate, review all of uh, our podcasts on all your podcatchers. And until next time, boys and girls, that's a wrap. <laughs>